Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders, sharing thoughts and practical tips for becoming more customer-centric and accelerating revenue growth. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, CEO at Momentum ITSMA, a global B2B growth consultancy and advisory firm. Welcome to this episode of Account-Based Marketing. We know ABM has come and grown as a, as a discipline and it's built so many careers. And today we're joined by Arlene Knox, Chief Marketing Officer at Redwood, uh, to, to talk about this very subject. Arlene, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Alicia. It's so great to have you with us. I know you've, you've over the last six, seven, eight years, you've been working on building out Blue Yonder's uh, ABM program, and you've re- just recently joined as Chief Marketing Officer at Redwood Logistics. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, it's been a wild ride. I was, as you mentioned, at Blue Yonder, most recently their SVP of Global Marketing, and we did just that, um, you know, Right before the pandemic, we started to implement our entire ABM strategy and we went all in. We were really excited to implement various ABM tool sets, test out you know, new things at the time like intent signals, really start to build this strategy with sales and marketing. And, and we grew and evolved over the last three to four years to a really well-run, you know, well-oiled machine with, with global ABM at scale at Blue Yonder. So I'm, I'm really excited to use some of that, that foundation and those, you know, best, best practices and all of those learnings here at Redwood. Um, I'm about a weekend, so I have all the knowledge, right? <laughs> no, so about a weekend and, and ready to dive in and, and learn, learn everything I can about Redwood and how perhaps I can, I can work with them to implement ABM here. Fabulous. Well, you've got that um, superpower skill for the next six weeks, haven't you, of complete objectivity before you get <laughs> too too far into that's uh, right business. That's so right. This, this is this is the time. I'd love to to kick us off, Arlen, with just a, a bit of brief history of your career so far and and um, your journey to uh, CMO at Redwood. Absolutely. So um, let's see, I went to college at the George Washington University in DC. It was a fantastic four years of what I thought would be going into politics to be the next president. That uh, that changed very quickly when I, when I got into <laughs> politics. That at GW, I realized that was not my passion. And, you know, surprisingly, Washington, D.C. has a large IT crowd. So I got into SaaS-based software from the very beginning. I worked with Cvent, who you might know, well-known software company here in the U.S. that actually just, just sold to Blackstone. So exciting for them. Um, I, w- I was an intern with them in college, so worked for them after college, had a, a great opportunity to learn, you know, really cutting edge technology at the time, um, also focused on marketing. So it was fantastic to sort of sell into marketers early in my career. Um, from there, I continued to stay in sort of the SaaS or subscription-based technology world. Um, I worked with Fed Sources, uh, which was a, a SaaS-based subscription for information to the government contracting world. Uh, they were sold to Dell Tech, um, worked for Dell Tech for quite some time in their field marketing. Again, sort of all things government contracting from from information to CRM to ERP. Uh, Fantastic opportunity to learn technology in in sort of that that government contracting world. And then Dell Tech was owned by New Mountain Capital and they brought me over to 
JDA at the time. Um, my CMO at Dell Tech moved moved to JDA, uh, and so I started at JDA and sort of learned global commerce. And they had one SaaS based product when I joined, and and close to two billion in revenue. And fast forward to eight years later, and and a variety of SaaS based products, a SaaS based platform to sell into uh, all things retail, manufacturing, logistics providers. So Blue Yonder was a fantastic opportunity to rebrand a company from JDA to, to Blue Yonder, really, really put our, our name on the map with, you know, the number one golfer in the world, John Rahm, and some fantastic opportunity to, to really showcase this new brand. Uh, a wild journey of filing uh, an S1 to go public. And then at the end of the day, Panasonic, who had a seat on our board, ended up acquiring Blue Yonder. So it was a wild ride of driving valuation through marketing. And one of those key pillars was was certainly ABM. Um, we, we knew we wanted to get into this sort of modern marketing approach. We were constantly testing and trying new solutions and new tool sets and digging into ways to, to connect with prospects and customers in new and exciting ways. And ABM really, for us, was, was that sort of skyrocket to the future, if you will, from marketing. So we were hook, line, and sinker on it. And, and I think, lucky for us, had sort of stood it up in its infancy right before COVID. Um, so then COVID hit and Boy, were we happy to have something else to help drive pipeline and opportunities as other channels like live events, you know, just flat went away. So um, I, I think ABM was the COVID saver for us, right? And and it was it was awesome to be able to dig into that time when when really we couldn't focus on much else. So it was it was a great journey. Very excited for my time at Blue Yonder and, and wish them all the best. I'll be rooting for them on the sidelines. But you know, with that, I, I really was ready for my next step. I had been there for about eight years and that led me here to Redwood. They're a client of Blue Yonder and a partner of Blue Yonder. So I'm excited to stay in this logistics space and continue to sort of help evolve global communication and transportation. And, and all things, the ways that we're wearing the clothes we're wearing and eating the food we're eating, right? This global commerce is a tremendous opportunity to continue to learn in this space and, and very happy to still be here. Alan, I'd love to just ladder back at you. You were describing the journey uh, for JDA to Blue Yonder through to Panasonic's move on, on Blue Yonder. What did you see as the key pillars in terms of driving up enterprise value, driving up valuation through marketing? You know, ABM was clearly one pillar. You touched on brand. Um, where, where did you see global marketing having, having the biggest effect when it came to Blue Yonder's growth? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think that JDA moving to Blue Yonder and then Blue Yonder being acquired, our our enterprise value from a marketing perspective was was really focused on a few key areas. I think our, our digital channels were almost, I think, uh, you know, the most enterprise class that you can see. We were really focused on engaging with customers from a digital perspective in new ways at the time, right? So we tried out live chat before live chat was a thing. We were trying out ways to convert people better on landing pages. We were honing in on anything and everything we could to enhance our data from people.ai to Zoom info, right? We were trying to capture this digital crowd in a really sophisticated way. So our, our digital channels was one of the, the highest ways that I think we were able to, to drive new pipeline expand existing pipeline, right, and drive velocity, which of course helps with with the valuation. Another way would be our events. You know, we had a tremendous way of engaging with customers in 
wildly entertaining experiences all the way down to really in-depth, you know, SIG meetings, right, where we sort of had special interest groups that, that were focused on certain topics. So, you know, we wind and dine them with, with the best of the best, but but our events and our focus to meeting with customers face-to-face was was a really great opportunity for us that extended across the entire globe. I mean, everything that we did, we, we, we tried to meet with every customer, no matter what pocket of the, the corner they might be in from New Zealand to, to you know, India, APAC, EMEA, you name it. We, we really tried to meet face-to-face with our customers. And then the last way that I would say, it's certainly not not the sexiest, right? But our marketing operations, we, we constantly knew that what we had needed, needed to be better. And we focused on updating things like your ear foundation and your plumbing, right? Because all of those things working even better, even if we can increase one percentage point or two percentage point of, of ways that we can meet SLAs faster, that really helps. And so you might not think of those as, as the best ways to drive market valuation, not not the most, you know, outward facing, but it was an area that we knew we needed help in and I knew that we needed to focus on. And so we, we sort of used an approach of all hands on deck. Um, so outside of ABM, those were certainly some key areas that worked for us. Yeah. I mean, what, just as you're talking, about the digital channels events and and even the the marketing operations aspect to me it feels like you had a real client focus um all, all of these things that you've described doing you know spending time with customers making sure that you're taking friction out of the customer experience across those digital channels and then even those internal teams making sure that they're they're delivering quickly and, and marketing ops doesn't become a either a bottleneck or a reason that things don't don't happen you know making sure that you're you're relentlessly yeah, updating and refining that that puts the client really at the the heart. Do you think that's a, a big part of what's driven your your own success, your team's success, and the broader Blue Yonder business? Just having that client focus. Yeah, you know, they even sort of internally moved to a customer first mindset. So no matter where we were, our business was trying to meet the customer where they were. We restructured entire teams to go around the customer journey. We were no longer focused on how we were set up. We were focused on how they were coming coming to us. We tripled down in certain areas and and covered customers from an account and a technical manager and and a and a growth manager, right, to focus on speed to market. How quickly can we get this customer value in the solution that they bought? How quickly can we get them wanting to be an advocate for us and, and speaking at customer conferences, you know, Gartner, our own, whatever conference it might be. How can we focus on the customer from start to finish to wrap them in the Bouillander love and, and get them really feeling like they are a partner with us. We are a partner in their journey. We are we are just as much ingrained in their success as they are, um, and I think that's really where we saw success. Those 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 customers at ours that felt like we sat on their board, we we sat in their team meetings, right? We were truly a part of their team to make it successful. That approach to customers, if you will, is ABM, right? It is understanding who they are, what they need every aspect of their business so that we can speak and interact and engage everything personalized to them. And it's hard from a resource and a timing perspective, right? It's it's really intense. And I think Blue Yonder understood that we're going to need to make investments to, to cover those customers in this sort of massive way. And, and, and they knew that 
it was imperative to our success to, to, to react and work with customers in that manner. So I think those are some of the lessons that I'm, I'm seeing worked really well at Blue Yonder and, and hopeful to bring here to Redwood is, is really that customer centric approach and ensuring that everything we do focuses on those customers. And lucky for me, Redwood has a, an amazing customer program here, right? With, with 30 years plus in business, they've done an excellent job of, of keeping customers and getting them referenceable. And now it's really about just accelerating those, those successes in the market. And, and utilizing some of those lessons learned here at Redwood. I mean, I, lo- I love how you describe, you know, meeting the customer where they are. And as, as you've touched on with ABM, you know, it's not, not about marketing what you want to sell and, and take to customers, but what, what, what are they looking to solve, solve for? H- how much of the change that you're describing, Arlen, was driven by the ABM program three years ago versus the, you know, the organization was already on this big shift to become more client first yeah, you know, I think that was a great example of of marketing really wanted to go this way. And we maybe didn't understand that the company was also going this way and that we were going to meet in the middle with, with ABM, right? So, you know, we're not always in, in, engaged in everything that our leadership team is going after, but I think they saw the same things we were seeing. And so they were working in the background to restructure the company entirely from, from you know, reporting lines to, you know, contracts, right? Everything that they faced to, to make things more packaged and easier for the customers to consume and interact and engage. So everything from legal to contracts to our customer success teams to our selling teams, all of that was being restructured and reworked at the same time that we were looking and doing the same things in marketing. So of course, you know, our CMO being at the table with, with our leadership teams and coming back and saying like, yes, this is going to work. This is a fantastic strategy. Let's double down and giving us the investment to do just that, knowing that this is where the company was going you know, was meant the world to us, right? You know, getting our, you know, chief revenue officer involved and getting our CEO all the way to our CEO involved in what we wanted to do and having them demo various ABM platforms with us and showcasing how we were able to find, you know, a net new logo in a diamond in the rough, if you will. They were engaging in this intent topic. We sent them over to sales. Sales started aligning with them. We spun up a very interactive landing page and boom, now they're on our pipeline. And, and a couple of months later, now they're a customer and they're happy and they're referenceable now, you know, a year later. That story and that journey, getting everyone across our, our leadership team involved and seeing how this can work was phenomenal to watch, right? It almost felt like a spark in time that I hope we will see again. Um, but, but you know, you're, you're right. It, it, all, it comes down to the entire team being aligned with you and working well together and understanding that we were focused on the marketing side and they were going to be focused on the legal side and the sales side and, and every other aspects together with us. And we weren't going to fight them on it, right? It, it didn't have to be a bottleneck and it didn't have to be us versus them. Now, I will say not every seller picked it up as quickly as, as others and not everyone was sort of hook, line and sinker on this new strategy. And some sellers have been selling this way forever and I'm going to sell this way forever. You know, and then something like COVID happening really opened their eyes and they realized I've got to engage in a new way. So again, it it almost felt like all of these things were coming together. The company was restructuring, marketing was going after new innovative approaches, and then boom, with COVID, we we were we were forced to go this way. So um, it, it was a it was a serendipitous time, if you will, and it worked really well for us. But but it was a hard road and it was a long road. And I'm not going to sit here and say it was easy. But at the end of the day, I think everyone needed to get through it to be where they are today and to be set up for the success that they have. 
Yeah. I mean, it did the last couple of years have created so much turbulence, haven't they, in the way that customers buy and how sales teams, you know, the water cooler conversations, corridor conversations haven't been happening. So actually getting data and knowledge and insight from marketing has has been a real crux for for lots of um, salespeople and they've they've leveraged that. And it's been great to see the alignment and partnership that's developed as as a result, almost this idea of team team selling now. It's a team sport with with sales and marketing playing in position. Alan, just as we're thinking about your program, it'd be great just to ladder up uh, Blue Yonder in terms of your account profile and size of deals. You know, what what what's the the profile? Absolutely. So, you know, the the ICP, if you will, of, of Blue Yonder luckily for us was was pretty broad i would say you know when you're a global company that can go after anything from retail manufacturers to logistics providers we had the depth and breadth across the entire supply chain. And so not everyone faces that. Sometimes you're really strong in, in let's say, retail planning solutions, or sometimes you're really strong in, in execution solutions. But for us, that was one of Blue Yonder's competitive and wildly successful proof points was that we were your depth and breadth and we did have anything and everything that you needed. We really could meet the customer where they were, right? I'll I'll double down on that. So our so our ICP was was traditionally large enterprise uh, retailers, manufacturers, or logistics providers that needed to buy or move goods globally. Um, we were able to segment inside of those larger industries and and understand that we had certain sweet spots where we could win better, you know, grocery, for example, and inside retail is a really strong unit for us. We, we had um, some amazing references in that group. And then we understood that our solutions really powered the, the fresh world, if you will, right? So strawberries and bananas, things with a short shelf life, right? Those customers were able to utilize our solutions because of the need that they had, because of the challenges that they faced. Our solutions became a perfect fit for them. We weren't perfect for everyone and we knew that and, and we weren't going to be the perfect solution with everything that they needed. But Blue Yonder worked with a variety of ecosystem partners to be able to perhaps plug in maybe a, a an e-commerce microservice to someone who might have another competitors of theirs for, for WMS or TMS for, for their transportation or warehouse solutions. So you could use one various solution, which meant that our ICP was very broad. We had to be specific with what we were trying to sell and what the talk track was into that specific customer. What other assets did they own and how could Blue Yonder be a, a nice partner to their solutions? So we had to do a lot of work of, of profiling those sort of key messaging documents and, and really getting very tactical on on what were the key pain points and the use cases and the value propositions that we were going to market with across the globe, across industries, and then, you know, inside an industry across a variety of different types of, of folks that were there. Because as we know, one retailer isn't the exact same as another retailer, and that is never going to be the case. We had to get very specific to understand their needs. And, and being a 30-year-old plus company, we had worked with various folks for quite some time that we did become industry experts. We had been facing these challenges with the industry for 30 plus years. You know, we, we weren't just a, a newbie coming along that had this fantastic SaaS product. We were tried and true and we'd been through the SaaS evolution and, and we'd been there for our customers on their journey and, and we were able to be there in the future. So, you know, Blue Yonder started to take a really large stance on on that open ecosystem and that open platform to, to plug and play various microservices on top. And that's where Redwood comes in, right? And so that is the beauty of 
of their go-to-market strategy is that they are able to integrate this open supply chain visibility ecosystem to, to really orchestrate everything you've got for, for real-time visibility and for quite frankly, integrations that are faster and stronger and, and lead to being implemented almost instantaneously. And that's where a lot of folks struggle with putting in this behemoth system, you know, are my data sets going to be able to be read? And can I actually get any value out of this? And that's where someone like a Redwood comes in and, and where people like Blue Yonder were working with Redwood to do just that. So it's an interesting option to have a lot of ICPs that you can go after, you know. Arlene, just thinking through Blue Yonder in terms of kind of average deal sizes, you know, what what sort of scale were you contending with? Were these long sales cycles, short sales cycles? Yeah, really long. You know, traditionally over 150 to 200 days, average sales prices in, in the 200 plus right range. You know, of course, depending on the various regions. Um, you know, we we had targets sometimes where we were like, listen, we're not even going to talk to them unless they're over a billion, right? So that is a challenge, right? When you're sort of that that enterprise. Certainly not the case here at. Redwood, they can they can swim downstream much more successfully. But that's where Blue Yonder really realized that we need to double down on these SaaS-based products and we need to double down on that small and mid-sized market and, and have these microservices offerings that can easily play in that crowd. So so they started to, of course, package and position and price various offerings in a more agile way to to be able to address the needs of some of those other other you know, market entrants that we have at, at different sizes. And so you've been on a journey with, with Blue Yonder where there's been a big client focus, the organization's been restructured, you'd initiated an ABM program in parallel. Sounds like you took um, a number of different uh, technologies and you'd explored those with the business and, and built out your program. Can you describe a little bit about your program? You know, how many accounts were you covering? What what was the mix as, as you look at your kind of overall objectives and, and account segments? Absolutely. So we uh, were able to to centralize our ABM program to a global strategy. So we were utilizing by industry focus as I was leaving. And from there, each of them would have their various subsets of accounts that they were focusing on. So, you know, retail North America, EMEA manufacturing, right? And inside those, we would utilize our platforms to see where are existing accounts in their journey, right? Who's in consideration, who's in awareness, who's in the buying mode. We would then target those accounts with very specific ABM programs by their journey and where they were in addition to the information we knew about them and and what they had. So, you know, for any given time, we were probably going at a one-to-one strategy, anywhere from 30 to 50 accounts in the various regions. Sort of that one-to-few approach is where we would broaden it up to to maybe, you know, 50 to 70 accounts. Um, And then that that one to many would be you know pretty rare, but sometimes we'd want to go to market with with a certain message to maybe all of our grocer accounts, yeah. right? And that's when it would be be broadened up a little little wide. But that highly tactical, highly personalized, really resource intensive program, you know, I would say any given time we were probably in that thirty to fifty uh, account. Um, at a time where we found was that, hey, this was working for us. Do we want to double down and do we really want to ramp up investment in ABM? And the answer to that was yes. We were struggling with how quickly can we ramp up this personalized approach? Can we get to that 100 to 200 accounts that we can touch in this personalized way by ramping up resources and and, and, and 
you know, budget certainly focused on that. That's where they were as I was leaving is determining how quickly we can scale that and, and does it still work? Um, you know, I think the answer to that will be yes, assuming we do it in the right way and a meaningful way. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the content. It's going to come down to the story and it's going to come down to our work with that specific customer. And as long as we can continue that in that highly personalized way, they can get there. I think so many programs go from that 30 or so accounts and, and want to triple or quadruple the size of accounts and end up becoming a bit of creepy personalization and lose the the patterns and that customer intimacy that, that you've described in, in your program so far. Arlen, as you're starting in, at Redwood is it, and you're thinking about um, go to market, you know, are you thinking, right, let's replicate what I did at, at Blue Yonder or are you, are you approaching it differently? How, how are you thinking this through? It is very different, right? And I think if anyone thinks that they can come in and just rinse, repeat a program, that's that's not going to work, right? No two companies are the same. Everything that has been in the history of, of Redwood is is nowhere near the same with any other company. The the uniqueness of the, of the company really tends for me to realize very quickly, and even during the interview process, that, that I think we were going to have to double down on some of the foundational learnings that I've got and come in and, and ensure that we create a, a highly unique customized program that's going to work within Redwood. So I'm, I'm realizing that the team is focused on this really prescriptive, personalized approach within their accounts. They have done a deep dive segmenting work to understand how can we go about our first initiative is cross-sell. How can we go about ensuring that we can get the depth and breadth of our solutions across our existing customer base that they've they've built for over 30 years, right? Um, with 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 some very decent success, right? Close to 1.2 billion was, was revenue last year. So how can we go about our existing base right now in a really prescriptive approach? And I think ABM plays a very, very great tactic in that cross-sell approach. So that's the first thing that we're going to tackle, right? And 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 whereas at Blue Yonder, I would say, you know, the the majority of what we were selling to, yes, were existing customers, um, but but it wasn't such a prescriptive, this is our cross-sell approach. This is exactly the playbook we're going to use with the customer that owns this. We're going to go to market with this message, right? So they've got a very tactical playbook identified for each of their various business units for cross-sell. And then I think, right, when, when we realize that cross-sell, we, we've gone at it for a, a, a while, we're going to build an approach to go after net new prospects. And so that's where, again, I think ABM plays a very specific role as you go after prospects and you can utilize intent signals and utilize, you know, turn that dark funnel on, if you will, to see who all's out there. How do we get invited to more dances? How do they know who Redwood is and really want to reach out to us as they're starting to, to get into that awareness or consideration um, or even potential purchase stage? Um, so no, it's going to be totally different. I, I think we're going to use the same things that we learned at, at, at Blue Yonder here at Redwood, but we're going to have to meet Redwood where Redwood is and where Redwood customers are. You're going to get a t-shirt made, aren't you, Arlen? That's, that's where you go with this. I am. That's <laughs> happening. That's my new mug. Um, I think you, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the organization context ends up being so different as in the history and you know where, where Redwood have come from versus where Blue Yonder have come from and the customer context is so different. Organization Muscle is also very different um, in terms of how they go to market and how they approach things and, and the talent as well. So um, it sounds exciting. Looking forward to, to seeing what you do over the coming months um, and the rest of this year. Let's talk a little bit about marketing maturity, Alan. Have you found that having embedded uh, account-based marketing over the past three years, has did that help build you know, more customer intimacy knowledge in the marketing uh, practice, the marketing de uh, department? 
you know, what, what changes did you, sh- did you see across marketing maturity? Absolutely. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm a huge fan of technology or I wouldn't even be in the technology space. And so I think technology really opens your eyes to, to going about a problem in, in a very different manner. And, and, and for us, it was, it was technology that really drove our marketing strategy, even for the last you know, 10 years, I feel like almost, geez, right? But but specifically in the last five years with all of the marketing tool sets that have come out and all of the opportunity that we have to understand a customer better, to realize what are they researching? How are they researching it? What is their journey? What do they look like? What are they talking about? What are they researching? What what problems are they telling us without even telling us that we can get ahead of? And, and then how can we adapt our marketing strategy to to answer some of those pain points and to show use cases of other customers that have been through the same things and how we've helped them come out on the other side. Um, I think that has been the most powerful part is, is to almost stalk every angle of the customer, find someone else that looks similar enough to them or, or that FOMO that they have to them and then be able to showcase that customer. So we almost had, had Blue Yonder stay completely out of it. And, and we just showed the customer journey to another customer and, and the customer success to another customer. And, and that is where you really get, get, get some powerful marketing approaches. So yes, I think that we would not be the modern marketers that we are today if it were not for technology. I'm a huge fan. I don't think you have to have the biggest budget in the world, but I think you have to get a tool and ensure that tool is completely implemented to its nth degree, right? And completely aligned with all of your other tool sets to get the benefit out of it. You know, it's no good to implement and throw up an ABM platform if you can't pull your data from Salesforce, if you can't pull your customer, um, you know, activity and records and everything that you've got going on with, with this other tool set together. None of that if it can't work in parallel, will do you any good. So don't just get a budget and buy everything that you absolutely can. It is way more important to get something and add it in incrementally and get the value out of the other solutions so that one plus one equals three or four or five, six, right? You know, go that way about it versus just throwing every everything that you possibly can at the kitchen sink. And I've seen a lot of people do that and it doesn't really work well. We've done it. We've almost grown too quickly and, and had to take a step back and be like, whoa, I didn't even know that this tool was offered here and that I can get this information about a customer out of it. Um, so that's really the lessons learned that we we figured out. Sometimes you got to slow down a little bit too and not go too crazy too fast. I think that's great advice. Take a step back and, and see what you can leverage. And um, I think something about marketing that, that's always struck me is it's always been about scale. And often when you scale, it's the customer voice sometimes gets gets lost in that mix. And it sounds like at Blue Yonder, you got a, a good mix of keeping your finger on the pulse, um, but also looking at things through the customer lens, as you say, the customer journey, as opposed to what, what Blue Yonder were and weren't doing across a sales or marketing process. Yep, it's a challenge. It's not easy. <laughs> you you know that. I'm preaching to the choir here. A, a juggle for sure. And what would your advice be as as you're about to embark on your your next chapter? And uh, it sounds like you're a week a week in. So lots of exciting plans for formulating. What would your advice be for leaders who are about to start a new, whether it's a new ABM program or they're about to start a new role, building out an ABM program? Oh boy, buckle up. It is a bumpy, bumpy ride. It is a bumpy journey, but I think at the end of the day, it is it is well worth it. And when you get those wins and when you can celebrate with your sales team on a new you know, prospect that you brought in and you can watch that journey of how you guys walk together hand in hand to to successfully bring on that customer, 
it is my favorite part of this entire thing. It is so exciting to have the sellers truly feel like you had a seat at their table. You truly were the reason that not only did we find it, but then you helped us beat the competition. And then you marketing team helped me actually close and win this deal. And this customer cannot wait to come back and, and, and sing the praises of, you know, Blue Yonder and here, hopefully Redwood. But it's 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 a wild ride and it is not easy and it is difficult. And you will bang your head against a wall when you come up with maybe a new technology implementation and it isn't working the way you thought. And and during the interview process with with that MarTech stack, you thought this was going to be the be all end all and, and you still have data problems and you still have data problems and you still have data problems, right? So buckle up and data, data, data. It is all about your data. And the, and the more healthy you can get that data in place, the better you will, you will be on this whole journey and then enjoy the success. You know, I think too often we, we just move on to the next thing and we never take a moment to just celebrate the wins. And I think our teams need that. We need that camaraderie. We need that. Heck yeah, we did this. And this was our goal and we reached it. And I'm stoked to be here and stoked to be on this team with you and, and just excited for what we were able to accomplish together. What are you going to do differently? You've described that it can be bumpy and buckle up. Um, how are you going to make it less bumpy? Oh boy, I wish I, I wish I knew that right now in this instant. But I would just say, <laughs> you know, I'm going to double down on the team. I'm going to really work work with this team to to get to know where do they want to grow, what do they want to do, what what have they learned, and, and how do they want to evolve their career. I, I think if you double down on your people, then everything else will come into place. So I, I really think that. When we scaled to the marketing team, to the size and, and, and capacity that it was at Blue Yonder, you couldn't spend the time with the various team members to the way that I want to. And so I'm really going to make sure that I, I do that here at Redwood and and get to know and get to see what they want to do and how they can do it and work with them to achieve those goals versus feeling like, you know, it's an evolving door and people are coming and going and yeah, 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 it's fine. We'll get the right person in place, right? It, it is so hard to find the right talent and 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 it has been so far an amazing experience for me to get to know the folks here at the team within the last week. And I know that working with this team, we can do some great things. So I'm going to double down more on the team than perhaps I did it at Redwood. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds like you've got an amazing journey ahead of you. I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, data and the sort of the magic of, of tech. And I often come back to it, it is ultimately humans and your, your accounts of people and actually where programs really differentiate is some of that thinking, the the, the brain power that goes into how you're approaching accounts and, and keeping your finger on the pulse. How are you going about building out your, your talent? What, what's your approach? Do you tend to develop your own team from the ground up? Are you, are you bringing in certain skill sets? What, what do you tend to look for in, in strong marketers? You know, I've I've done both. I've I've been sort of um, brought into teams, right, and 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 been sort of the peer of the team, and and worked my way up to to then eventually be the leader. So I think really getting to know your team from the from the the forefront is the 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 most important part of it and working with them in the trenches during these difficult times is where you get to see their strengths and then utilizing each of the team members for their specific strengths and backfilling where perhaps they they don't have that capacity with the other team members is is how you get the most out of your team. Yes, you need to bring in new talent sometimes. Yes, you need to go after someone who perhaps has implemented this technology and seen success and faced those challenges. You can't always achieve that with folks in-house. But it's critical when you bring those folks in-house that you bring the team along for the ride and they understand why we're going this direction with this hire. 
I've failed there in my past, truthfully, and sometimes brought people in and, and not manage that implementation of the new person into the team the way that I should have, right? Just sort of thrown the grenade in the water and said, good luck. And sometimes you, you have to do that just based on the, 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 the factors you're facing and the growth that you need to achieve. But, but I'm going to learn from that lesson and ensure that if and when and how I bring on new team members, it is just as crucial as, as bringing along that current team for the ride. Um, you know, it's all about the culture within the team. And, and again, I think I got to the point where I, I took my eye off of that team culture ball. So I'm going to make sure to not do that here um, in, in my next role here at Redwood. But it's hard to find the right talent. When you find them, you have to get them up to speed quickly and ensure that the rest of the team is their advocate and is their partner. And if you can make those things happen, that is the hardest job we can face. The The, the, the tool sets will be there, right? There will always, always be marketing technology for us to buy, but there will not always be the right talent. And what we're facing right now is sometimes that talent is in market for us to scoop up because of what's happening. And there are some amazing people out there that are looking for roles. So I do encourage folks to look around what's out there, see how they might be a great fit for your team and, and look to your network, whether it's on LinkedIn or these podcast followers or wherever you are to try and find some of those good pieces that might be a good fit for you in, in what you're looking for. Amazing. I think that's a good, good reminder for us all. I absolutely enjoyed the, the, the conversation, Alan. Thanks so much for, for joining us and chatting through your Blue Yonder journey and, and what you have planned uh, at Redwood. Very excited to see what you do. I'd love to finish on what you're most proud of so far in, in your, your career as you embark on your next chapter. I think I'm most proud of the rebrand. You know, it was an amazing moment to have you know, close to a thousand people gathered in a conference room in Vegas two weeks before the world shut down uh, and be JDA as they walked into this room and then through the evolution of our content and our production and our program to walk back out and everything be blue yonder. That was a moment in time as a marketer that you don't always see in your career. So it was incredible to build that plan. How are we going to bring this new, you know, brand and and feeling and 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 value and use case to market and then literally overnight have to redo the whole thing because of covid and then bring that brand to market during during the early times of covid that that couple of months and all of that work and that team that we did it in that time that we did it was just one of those incredible experiences that I will never forget. So it was it was amazing and I'm super proud of where where you know JDA was at the time and where Blue Yonder is today and and I loved seeing that 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 activation come to life. Yeah, amazing. Well, thanks so much uh, for being so generous with your insights and uh, looking forward to to seeing your progress at Redwood. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Alicia. I appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ITSMA, a leading B2B growth consultancy and pioneers of account-based marketing. Learn more at MomentumITSMA.com.